This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So lawyers for human rights have uh, taken the Department of Home Affairs to court over its practice of blocking IDs that are believed to be fraudulent. The Children's Institute, who have been admitted as an amicus curia, uh, say approximately 700,000 IDs are blocked by the department uh, uh, and the department provides no easy way to lodge an inquiry or start an investigation into the blocking of these IDs. In most cases, says the Children's Institute, home affairs only give people unclear oral explanations and no written reasons for blocking their ID. Uh, it's unknown how many children of parents with blocked IDs are unable to get on with their lives or receive crucial state uh, services because of this practice. Let's speak to uh, the manager for Lawyers for Human Rights, a statelessness project, Tandega Chauke. Good morning to you and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Tabitha. Thanks for having me. Just explain to us what this phenomenon is of ID blocking is. I mean, 700,000 that are blocked. What, 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 just give us a little bit, just explain to us a little bit more. There. Mm. So what the Department of Home Affairs has um, stated is that ID blocking is an administrative tool that they use to monitor the um, accuracy of the National Population Register. So the block is placed when a marker is um, flagged against an ID number because um, they have identified an anomaly or an issue with that ID number. Mm. This issue could be a clerical issue. So, for example, they've gotten um, the date of birth of someone wrong, they've duplicated the ID, Mm. or they've gotten the person's uh, name wrong, or even they've uh, maybe assigned the wrong gender marker to the ID. Then there are also cases that they say are linked to um, suspected uh, misrepresentation or fraud. So mm. that's what we understand ID blocking to be, mm. um, according to the Department of Home Affairs. So this is very interesting because then it would mean that the profile, uh, maybe let's talk a little bit about the profile of person who finds that uh, they've had their ID mm. blocked. And also, how do people discover that they've had their ID blocked? And that is the issue. So we are representing currently over 134 individuals. Um, the, the number is obviously higher because they've disclosed in their court papers that they currently have 700,000. Mm. And from what we have observed in our law clinic in the past five years is that majority of these people are marginalized black South Africans. So eventually when the block is rectified or lifted, in most cases, it's been a wrongful block placed against the ID of a South African citizen. Mm. So it's not a case around illegal um, immigration, although majority of the cases, when they put the marker, they flag them as, oh, traced as a foreign national, only to then uplift it when they realize, no, this is a South African. And then in terms of discovery, the other issue now is the issue of due process. How people find out is almost by surprise, um, so quite literally, mm. when you're trying to do something um, with, um, with ID. So perhaps you're trying to renew uh, a driver's license, you're trying to access your bank account, withdrawing a social grant, and then you're informed that, listen, we see something in the system that says your ID is marked or it's blocked and you're under investigation, go to home affairs. 
But all of these communications are verbal, as you've noted, nothing in writing. And then it's simply a back and forth, oh, bring these documents, oh, bring us this, and this goes on for years. Um, uh, With some people um, just being stuck in limbo, and some people even die. Some of our clients have died before their uh, cases have been resolved. I mentioned in in briefly my introduction, just maybe if we could elaborate on the impact that this has, particularly on children, where yeah, in, yeah, on children when uh, their parents cannot get access mm. uh, IDs. Yeah, so we've launched a campaign called um, "Go under the hashtag Unblock My Life." Unlock, sorry, Unblock My ID, Unlock My Life, and essentially it captures the impact of ID blocking on affected people. Mm. This idea that you, without an ID, you cannot have a meaningful life in South Africa, and this applies to children as well. And how it will impact children, firstly, is that in some cases, when one parent's ID is blocked, if that ID is linked to the children's ID, the IDs are automatically blocked, and the children have no say in this, even though they have their own self-standing rights to be notified and to be consulted and to have their best interests considered. And another way is that if the parent's ID is blocked, as you noted, the children won't be able to get other enabling documents like birth certificates or their own ideas when they turn 15, Mm. then there's the psychological impact as well. If their parents cannot care for Mm. them financially, emotionally, psychologically, they're also affected. And And these are the arguments that will be um, presented by by the Children's Institute and the Center for Child Law. And just briefly, what is the kind of order that you seek here from uh, the court? So we're seeking the court to declare this particular conduct of homicides unlawful because there is no legal provision, not in the Identification Act, not in the Immigration Act, not under our Citizenship Act, that allows the department to block an ID. However, there are um, other legal provisions that they can rely on to curb the issue of fraud, because that is what the department is arguing. They've also conceded in their court papers, they've agreed to say, listen, there is no law that allows us to do this, but we need to do this to curb um, issues of fraud. So that's the first thing, the legality of this practice. The second is the unconstitutionality, of course, because of the way that it impacts on people's ability to access their rights. We're also seeking an order that they rectify um, the blocked ID cases that we have presented. Tandega Chauke, Manager for Lawyers for Human Rights, the Statelessness Project. I appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Talisa. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.